This is exactly right. Welcome to the Choose Your Own Adventure podcast, my favorite murder. This is a true crime comedy podcast that you tune into week after week to find a good time, good feelings, <laughs> fun, friendship. That's uh, what we're here for. Yes. Yeah. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Um, what's going on with you? Well, I guess I should start off with a humongous corrections corner. <laughs> Haven't had one in a while. I've, this corrections corner is so big that I actually had to start it uh, during the mini-sode that has already come out. It's that important. It's that big. Um, it's going to change a lot of the policies around here. Um, <laughs> I made a terrible mistake during Georgia's um, murder the last time we recorded in-house, not the live show uh, from Vegas last week, but the week before. Georgia was talking about um, British pedophiles. I'm not sure what was happening, but she was trying to think of the name of someone, and I jumped in knowing full well what the name was, and I said that the name of a British pedophile, a famous British pedophile, was Jimmy Somerville. That is not correct. <laughs> yeah, you got the name I was looking for. And I said, okay, and we went, moved on. You know, the only wrong part was that there was about five letters uh, too many in the middle of that name. So close. Jimmy Savile is the terrible uh, BBC presenter, maybe not even BBC, presenter uh, who was also a horrifying pedophile. Jimmy Somerville, on the other hand, was the lead singer in the Bronski beat and the communards in Bronski beat. There's no the in front of Bronski beat. And he is an incredibly talented musician and by all accounts, a wonderful human being. By all hundreds and hundreds of accounts that people tweeted at us. Tweeted saying. accounts. <laughs> tweeted accounts of the British. They caught, caught wind very quickly uh. of a correction corner that had to happen. Um, so my apologies to, uh, the Somerville family mm -hmm. and estate, um, to both Bronski Beat and the Communards. I apologize. <laughs> uh, it was a terrible mistake. And in the future, Stephen, if we're having a conversation about <laughs> now, I don't want to blame Stephen, but I'm going to. Great. If we're having a conversation about pedophiles, will you please double check any name I say? I guess when we guess a name of someone who is a terrible <laughs> human being and it's not like written down on a piece of paper. Just go ahead and throw it into Google. Check. I've got the red pen. Thank right. you. And underline the name. And then throw it at us. Throw the red pen at us. And say, stop improvising crime facts. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Uh, I was positive when I said Jimmy Somerville that I was right. I was positive by the way you said Jimmy Somerville that you were right. You know why? Because I had a, uh, I had a B-side of a communard single in college, uh, where Jimmy Somerville sings, Zing went the strings of my heart so beautifully. I used to play oh. it over and over in my dorm room, my short-lived dorm room <laughs> and i just felt such a connection that i wanted to call him a pedophile you've been you've been waiting to yell out his name and with joy for yeah. so long and finally had an opportunity it was just my chance it was just your chance you took it it was just happened to not be the right moment it was it, it happened to be the worst chance yes that i could take yeah it happened to just ruin everybody you were yelling his name out again in your yeah. life or any name really <laughs> 
Um, here's a fun thing to talk about. We still have lots of subgroups that are um, un- unsung and unheralded. So um, in case you have interests um, that are as- aside from just this true crime podcast <laughs> um there are other subgroups that you could join we'll just name a couple for you right now mm-hmm. um you're in a cult call your corgi <laughs> is one um parsley sage rosemary and crime i don't know if that's i'm hoping that's like a food cooking one is that what it is Stephen? i love it that's amazing um there's Dragarinos, which is MFM meets RuPaul's Drag Race. That's pretty awesome. That's good. There's Queer Eye for the Murderino. And I, have, of course, am obsessed with Jonathan, Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. So I love that. That's a good crossover. Um, of course, there's the But What If Something Bad Happens anxiety support group. Who doesn't need that? <laughs> Not me. I'm good. I'm all good. Don't I'm worry fine. about it. Uh, my favorite cucumber. What on earth could that be? Is that like vegans? Oh. Yep. It's just cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, are you joining these? It doesn't make sense. No, I didn't join that one. It was just in the description. It just said cucumbers. And oh that's my it. You just God. love cucumbers of any sort. We were actually watching videos the other day at work of, um, remember they got popular for a little while, the videos where you put a cucumber behind a cat and then when it turns around and sees it, it just jumps straight the fuck up in the air. Well, it turns out I'm the only one at work that thinks that's funny and everybody else was bummed out that they were, it was mean to cats. Oh, please. (laughs) I was like, but it's, it's their instincts. They can't control it. They think it's a snake and that makes their feet shoot them directly into oh, the air it's a snake i think they think it's a snake they do have bananas too oh really elvis can't elvis is scared of bananas <laughs> he's terrified of bananas when like when you're at christmas when we have a christmas tree we um we surround it with bananas because otherwise he'll <laughs> go eat the christmas tree wow and he'll just stay away so like bananas are our new christmas decoration i wonder if he thinks that's like a really poisonous snake from the inner jungle i think the smell of it is like really really repulsive to him somehow like oh. maybe it smells poisonous i don't know it's just it? personal preference he's a cat there's not a lot of explaining to do when it comes to cats or ways to figure it out no here just, comes but here comes a tweet about cat bananas <laughs> get ready to have it explained to you i want that explained to me i know and then of course there's murderino beauty basket lotion <laughs> Which is it's just like it's like what's a fun way we could say something? Let's make that into a group. I like it. I mean, because that could be it could be about beauty and mm-hmm. keeping moisturized mm-hmm. and loving silence of the lambs. Exactly. It's, there's so many. Look, we all are so complex. Yeah, we can pa- contain multitudes. We have we like two things, not just one thing. <clears throat> um, I have listened. This is a little bit off topic, but I listened to a podcast this week that upset me so much. <gasps> Have you listened to Dr. Death? Oh, no. Everyone loves it. Okay. Tell me everything. This isn't even a recommendation because it's huge. It's like every time I open my podcast app, it's the thing that's on there. Yeah, it's like if you were like, you guys should try the podcast serial. Yes, exactly. Everyone fucking knows it. But um, it's so good. It's from Wondery. It's really well made. It's very journalistic. and and, But it is about... I never knew that I had any kind of a fear or phobia about botched surgery. And it's about a spinal surgeon who botches surgery after surgery. And it is about these two, these two other, they're neurosurgeons because when you work on the spine, who go after him because he, they keep getting called in to fix his shit. Holy shit. And it is, I listened to, I was like, 
Georgia, I binged like three episodes and then realized I was literally holding on to the kitchen table. Because you're just standing there listening to a podcast. And now. sweating <sighs> and like freaking it's out. It's the thing of how does this keep like that when we get murder stories like that, I just can't yes. handle it. It's like, why doesn't someone stop this person from doing all these things? Well, and the scary thing. So I would say this too. If you're going to listen to Dr. Death, make sure you don't have claustrophobia issues, like fear of surgery. Do not listen to this podcast. Make if you're sure about you're, to get surgery yeah if you're getting spinal surgery the next day don't try no, to go to sleep no no by listening to this podcast <laughs> don't fall asleep to this podcast yeah. like truly it's a warning but if you if all that is clear for you it is the best i mean i wow. can't believe this story and these doctors that are in it it's what time the most period compelling. is it from is it like old it just enough fucking happened no, in the 2000s i want it to be like the 80s taking me like yeah they fucked up shit like that that's all the time exactly what uh we recorded with chris fairbanks yesterday yeah. do you need a ride and that's exactly what chris said <sighs> uh he said when did it happen i said the 2000s no. and he goes i needed it to be the 80s yeah i need it to be like well they fucked everything up in the 80s look at us but here's the thing and this is kind of what's compelling about it it's about how when the the healthcare system is yeah. all for profit right and everybody's worried about money making money and getting sued totally. and that's all anyone cares about how much it fucks the the patient and it's like the red and it's like the red tape that's there so that you can't just uh, you know call out some other doctor and be like he fucks everything up but yes. it's there for the good but then when it's it, when it's it can't be used to get someone who should not be fucking doing these things yes. out of town that's exactly right that's that's what they talk about is no hospital would f- quote unquote fire this doctor right. because then he could turn around wrongful and sue them for, for wrongful termination like, and, and for ruining their career. <sighs> so he just keeps getting let go and given like, we, we think you're great letters <sighs> and he gets, keeps getting sent to worse and worse neighborhoods yeah, yeah. where people can't fight, where there's right. no money to fight doctors like that. Right. And it is like, it is as scary as any serial killer story we've ever told. Jesus. It's fucking so intense. I was sweating like through my shirt oh my where I was God. like, I'm so unhappy and uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this podcast is freaking the shit out of I me. I don't know if I can listen to it right now. I don't know if I'm going to play. I want to. I don't know if I can. Do you need a more up, an uplifting? Yeah. Is there a good uplifting one? Do you have one? Um, well, Jonathan Van Ness is getting curious. Is He's just such a lovely man. He's amazing. God, I love that and person. And such a good host. Yeah. And like truly curious. I mean, it's called getting curious. But right. truly, he just sounds like he has his curiosity. And it's, oh, how about the podcast Everything is Alive, where this person uh, interviews people interviews objects as if they're people mm-hmm. there's like a bar of soap one i listened to recently that i was like i'll put this on as i'm like laying in bed and i just was laughing so hard i couldn't fall asleep so i had to turn it off that shit what else do you have um oh i listened to dave chang's podcast um he is the amazing chef from oh, Mama Fuga, yeah. who also is the host of ugly delicious yeah. and a bunch of stuff he has a podcast now and he yes. interviews his friends because he wants to talk about or from what i can gather i've listened to too but he likes talking about people who are successful kind of in the face of adversity mm. or like that no one believes in mm-hmm. it's kind of like an underdog how did you get how did you get to where you got type of podcast and he's such a good interviewee he's such a like passionate person i I just really like that guy so that's taken his career so far he is it's crazy truly so admirer admirable 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 not admirable he also is admirable (laughs) Oh, oh wait there's one more but it's not light good i don't like love light okay 
it is the comprehensive story. It's CBC's Uncover Escaping Nexium. <gasps> and you love it. Here's the thing. The host guy runs into a girl he went to high school with no. in a park and she go he goes, What have you been up to? She goes, I just escaped a cult. <gasps> so he then the whole thing is he he already had this relationship with her. He's known her since she was a teenager, and she tells him the story of how she got involved in Nexium, which shit. is that cult that that actress from Smallville just got arrested and is being like there's charges against her for like sex trafficking and all this crazy shit and they, like branded themselves and shit too they they were branded and she has a brand on her oh this girl God. it is someone so, was explaining to me that who listened to the podcast how they got branded and how they did it with like a laser pointer yeah yes. not like something normal like a fucking safety pin or, yeah well not all at once like yeah. a brand yeah. where it hurts once and then you're done yeah. it, it took half an hour and you could smell the flesh burning yes and it's oh. huge and it's really ugly. You have to listen to it because because it's one thing for people to tell you about yeah. that cult, but this is a person from the inside being like, and then the, and then this and then that and the whole thing is based on like pyramid schemes yeah. on the on um what the salesmanship thing. So it starts out as like, don't you want to improve your life and your career? Yeah, which of course everyone does, and that's normal. And then they basically blend you into suddenly you're you're a slave, and the person your mentor is you your master. People to come to come to the cult and join it, and yep. like if you get five pyramids, you win. You, you win, win the pyramid prize. Win, no. Py- the pyramid game. Yeah. Yes, Fuck, exactly. Man. It's so intense. It's really re- another one that's really well done. Okay, I'll so listen good. to that. that. That one I can deal with. Yeah, that one is. And she's she got out. Yeah, and her husband got out. Okay, like, great. The, the, the family was in. It was crazy. Jesus, that's bananas. I know. I'll listen to that. Um, those ones are good. There's been a lot of good stuff lately. Yeah. Anything else right now? I've just been back at work, so I don't. That's right. I just have been a little bit. I listen to things on the way to and from work. Yeah. And that's about it. Well, we have one more episode left of uh, fucking The Sinner. Which I'm oh, that's so, right. This episode, last season episode was so good. It was so good. The kid, the actor is so good. I love him. The little boy. Yeah. Julian. 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 And of course, Carrie Coon. Carrie oh, Coon. my God. <gasps> Who've started following us on Facebook. I mean, on where are we? Twitter? On Twitter. Oh, my God. That's you think right. it's really her? I think it's like her cool assistant who's like, it's her cool assistant. It is, sure. right? She doesn't follow people. <laughs> she doesn't have time. She's yeah. in every TV show. She's in every show. She like hasn't looked at Twitter. She's killing it. She's like, Michelle, my assistant, who's cool, do stuff on Twitter. Right. You're naming her assistant Michelle? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was That was such a natural piece of dialogue <laughs> that I thought you had an assistant named Michelle. No. My Carrie assistant Coons named says. Michelle is DVRing Carrie Coons's. <laughs> TV show for me. Uh, no, I love it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I'm gonna. That's one. I'm gonna be sad when it's over. Me too. Yeah. Maybe there'll be another season though. Yeah, I hope so. And I figured out we were looking it up. Um, I think it worked because it was we were talking about it. One of the guys that directs the Sinner was a producer on that independent movie Martha Marcy May Marlene, which was is Elizabeth. Um. Oh, thank you, Stephen Olson. Olson. Elizabeth Olson. The child pedophile. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nope. No, no. The great actress, Elizabeth Olson, who um, in that independent movie is herself in a cult and gets out. It's mm. one of the best movies. If you haven't seen that movie, I haven't. it is so fucking What's creepy. It's called Mary Moxley. Martha Marcy May Marlene. Okay. Is the name of the movie. Okay. And it's similar in terms of the look and the feel. 
Okay. to the center okay and so i just love when things connect like that yeah, we you're like, like oh, i like this and i like that made that yeah okay, that's fun yeah i dig that georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Who goes first this week? I think it's me. No, it's... uh... Oh, because Vegas was last yeah, week. Yeah. Oh, so, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. T- Ted Binion. Well, sure. Ted Binion. I'll go ahead and go first. Well, then sure. Why not? I'll try it. Um, this is one of those murders that I normally wouldn't have even probably looked twice at, but it's in so many of those weird small town murder lists. Every time you see one of those lists, this murder comes up in it. Okay. So I just saw it so many times and I was finally like, okay, I'm going to look into this a little bit. And it's, it's weird for sure. And it also like kind of, it's, it deviates. So. This is uh, the Coons family murders. Coons family murders. K-U-N-Z. This is, it takes place in a small town in Wisconsin, and it's on every one of those, like, small town murders you haven't heard about that fucking rock. This small town that you, and you also haven't heard of the small town. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, is it, I, Wisconsin, remember when we drove, we were separate, but we drove from, like, somewhere to somewhere else in Wisconsin mm-hmm. for the Madison show? Mm-hmm. Probably, maybe... I was with Michelle Balloon mm-hmm. and you and Vince drove together. And we stopped, didn't we stop at, um, 
At that big barn? The Ozark land? Maybe. Oh, that was the way home. Okay. But anyway, I'm just immediately, my mind is like, when you're in, in like small town yeah. Wisconsin, you're far away yeah. from things. Yeah, yeah. And people. And this is this, this is here. Okay. So I got a lot of information from, uh, this website called mysteriousheartland.com. And it's an article written by a guy named Scott Whitman. And I think I've used this website a few times because it's kind of like, you can't find a lot of details about these murders. It's like, you know, number 10 on this list. So you don't, it's just two paragraphs, but this is actually a, a long article. And then there's a couple really good comments that like list theories and shit too oh, okay so cool. it's cool you um, love that small town gossip dude i mean that's the it. best way to fill it's in all, any story it's all true it's all true yeah you know <laughs> um so this is a town called athens in um it's a it's a quaint rural town in north central wisconsin and the population is a little on, under a thousand people oh, shit. so it's fucking small yeah. town for sure it's like a post office it's a post office office it's less than uh two and a half square miles in size like oh that's fucking it the like little town where the post office is the teenagers just drive around the outside of town every friday night (laughs) right donuts in the fields (laughs) cows uh, tipping i don't know what people cows tipping teenagers over (laughs) yeah cows tipping cars over (laughs) you know mayhem it's got that small town atmosphere there's of course a close sense of community which is why on the night of the fourth of july 1987 the whole town of under a thousand people is shocked when five members of a family are all murdered all shot in the head in their uh home with a 22 caliber rifle fucking execution style everyone's just like wait what this is insane like shit like that doesn't happen here so the coonses i'll tell you about them they're reclusive super reclusive kind of like the town like these are the this is the weird town don't go to their house people oh they're like weird and creepy mm-hmm. um they live together in a dilapidated old farmhouse in the outskirts of athens on a 108 acre farm um and the family's made up of four elderly siblings who live in this farmhouse irene is 81 clarence is 76 marie is 72 and the youngest sibling is helen who's 70 they all live together in this dilapidated farmhouse brothers and sisters in their 80s mm-hmm. and 70s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just you just took it into creep zone five well okay so there's this episode of that was only aired once of x-files that they everyone says it's based on this family and it's creepy and weird and they took it and it's like it's not creepy in like alien ways it's creepy in like what yes it's called home is jack black in it you remember is this the one where they the boys are playing baseball and they step on something and blood comes out of the ground it's it's i know that's the episode of giovanni rabisi where there's like lightning okay but home yeah i just got chills when you mentioned here let me read it's so Uh, scary let me read the description of it do you remember it because it's really hard to find you can't it's hard to find online they like as soon as it airs they've got so many complaints because it was so creepy that they took it down was there something under a dresser yeah there was like a yeah kept the mom under the yes yes okay okay (laughs) i saw that one i saw let me read you the description of it and i couldn't even find it i wanted to watch it and i couldn't find it it's home is the second episode of the fourth season of the of x files blah 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 blah. it aired in 1996 it's a monster of the week story a standalone plot unconnected um the initial broadcast it was the only uh first episode of the x files to receive a viewer discretion warning for graphic content and the only had carried a tv ma rating so yeah it's just essentially just a creepy family story 
but it's not it sounds similar but it's not it wasn't apparently based on this story okay but everyone thinks it is um so the four elderly siblings live there and they also live there with helen who's the youngest sibling her two adult sons okay randy is 30 and he lives uh in the farmhouse with the his aunts and uncles uncle and mom and then kenneth is 55 he lives on a trailer on the property he's like i'm not fucking staying with these people so their ramshackle farmhouse has no running water and no indoor plumbing at all where they all live together they use an outhouse and all the food is cooked on an old wood burning stove which also is used to heat the house this is in the 80s Uh uh-huh okay um the family keeps to themselves they don't they don't like party with her friends and shit and (laughs) they don't party uh -uh. then fuck them man yeah they don't like to hang and party and you know have i don't know socials and tougher parties and go to fish fries yeah near town make a hot dish got it you know um and they're known to be hoarders which includes a large collection of pornography they're like super in (laughs) and i hate to talk ill in the dead because i'm not like they were gross and this and that it's like these were the rumors and they were actually like confirmed to be true once the family died and they went through the house not common though to have family collections of pornography yes. that's different than the usual yeah because it's like everyone likes something else it's you can't, how you agree <laughs> on what movie to watch that's right you know so it's hard enough to just with a standard movie right with action a, drama right romance porn porn um so the fam- they have a huge collection of porn including mail order vhs tapes because that's how you had to get porn back then probably especially in fucking rural rural Wisconsin. That's right. Right. And yep. magazines and they're, but they're hoarders. So it's like everywhere. And then, uh, the family would watch the tapes together. No. Mm-hmm. And then there's rumors also that there was incestuous happenings. Well, that one would beget the other. Right. One would that's, think. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can stop now and this is one of the creepier stories that we've ever told. Yeah. It's, it's definitely got some things. Uh, (laughs) it's also rumored and found to be true after the murders that there are large amounts of cash, like hidden around the house. They're hidden in drawers, in boxes, under floorboards. And it's just like huge, like, like 20 grand is talked about being like, found wow. in one place and um, but it's weird because there's only one member of the family one of the sons Kenneth who actually has a job no one else has a job because they're fucking 81 years old and shit um, and they don't have running water but they have all this cash everywhere God um, is someone selling porn out of like a back window that's a great question you can walk by hold up a five dollar bill right but they don't want anyone to get that close do they I, I don't know I don't know maybe they have one of those grabbers from the store oh, right yeah, I love those. A high shelf. I grabber. need one of those. As someone with a tall husband, I, it's like I need to make a video of me trying to get something down from the fucking cupboard when Vince is like putting the crackers here, and it's like three feet taller than me. Um. Oh, and speaking of crackers, Kenneth, who the only one who had a job, worked at a cheese factory. Oh, which I'm like, sign me up. That sounds fun. It smells bad, though. I bet. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So none of the siblings had ever, none of the older siblings had ever married, but Helen had these two sons. She had given birth to her first son, Kenneth, when she was 15. And she said that the pregnancy was a result of their, the family's neighbor, a dude who's 40 years old named Frank Gums. He's a convicted bootlegger. And she said he raped her and she got pregnant with Kenneth, who she had at 15. Um, Frank was tried and convicted shortly after Helen gave birth and he was sent to prison and he died after he served 18 months. He had denied that he had ever had sex or raped uh, either way with, uh, with Helen. Wow. 
um, years later, Helen gave birth to her other, her younger son, Randy, wouldn't name who the father was. Um, hey, let's, related, let's talk about sleeping arrangements at the farmhouse. Oh, no. They're weird. Um, Helen and uh, her youngest son slept in the same bed together. And Clarence, who's the 81-year-old uncle dude, he sleeps in the living room with uh, his other two sisters, okay. Irene and Marie. They all sleep. Mm-mm. Like, it's kind of like um, uh, Willy Wonka, everyone in the bed the together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And I actually looked, tried to find a photos of, I can't find any photos of the family, but I could find photos of the farmhouse. And you look at it and you're like, if someone told me that that was like a quaint villa in Italy, I'd be like, oh my God, it's so quaint and cute. But then you're like, no, no, that's like a farmhouse that's falling apart. It's like weird. So it kind of looks almost maybe historic or something? It looks very old and very like quaintly, you know, dilapidated. Mm-hmm. And then it's like not quaintly dilapidated. It's just dilapidated. And there's just people spooning each other mm-hmm. all over the inappropriate place inside. And that's not quaint either. No, it isn't. You can put the word quaint in front of a lot of shit and it makes it okay. Does it? That's not one of them. No. Yeah. Um, Da, 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 da. So Kenneth, who's the one who's like absolutely not living uh, in the house, he lives on his own trailer. He ends up, spoiler alert, being the only surviving member of the family. He doesn't uh, die in those executions. Oh, shit. So he's still alive. And he later claims that his father was not the rapey neighbor, but the his own uncle Clarence. Oh, no. He's like, she. It, that was my fucking dad. He also thinks that it was his younger brother's dad, too. And he also said that he had seen Helen and his uncle Clarence engage in sexual activity when he was a kid. Oh, no. So, like, he's the one who's, who's saying that there's incest stuff going on. Yeah, he would know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, it's like if the grandparents from Willy Wonka moved into the psycho house. Oh, no. Yeah. And everyone just kind of lost their, lost it. Yeah. No more fun songs and pajama stuff. Nothing cute about it. No. Mm-mm. Um, so the murders occurred on the 4th of July, as I said, in 1987. The town had their big fireworks show celebration. I don't know what to call it. And then, um, <laughs> what do they call it? Cel- yeah, celebration show. sounds good. Show. Fireworks display. A show makes me think of people kind of doing like line kicks and right. stuff. Which they absolutely could have up in Athens. Yeah, they could have had the like, a uh, guy plays uh, Abe Lincoln. Y- yep. For some reason, Abe Lincoln would be there for sure. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You know, like a yeah, like a Fourth of July parade yeah. with a, ba- a big tall Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, and then there are pets that have like that get dressed up too. Yeah. There's probably a, a town queen gets yeah. crowned. The, the probably maybe the um, cheese factory queen. Yeah. The princess, <gasps> the cheese factory princess, the Wisconsin cheese factory Athens princess, and she rides on a rolling wheel of cheese That's right, right down the main street. She throws cheese curds to the audience and they're not the the spectators yeah the spectators who Mm -hmm. love cheese curds well who doesn't this is one of the greatest holidays in this country let's go this year to (laughs) athens to a thing we made up yes I'm like, why? Where is it? Why don't they have it? Where's fucking Abe Lincoln? You asshole! It was never a thing. You fucking idiots with your stupid podcast who just believe in shit just showed up here. Um, In the movie, there's going to be a Fourth of July parade, absolutely, with a giant Abe Lincoln, and we'll be there, and we'll be there writing it. So uh, Helen and her younger son Randy had been last seen leaving this parade. This non-existent parade. This non-existent parade. The 4th of July show. Yes. Okay. It is a co- corroborated that they were last seen leaving this made-up thing. And sorry, it's the youngest son and the The mother? youngest son and the mother. Yeah. 
And uh, so they're last seen leaving that. I already said that. Okay. So sometime that night after they get home from the uh, parade, um, and someone broke into the their decrepit home and shoots the family execution style. They're not discovered until the next morning when the other son, Kenneth, who has the job, when he comes home at f- around 5 a.m. and discovers the body of his aunt's uncle and brother. Okay. So uh, Aunt Marie is 72. She's found on the steps just going into the house, like maybe running into the house. Um, his Kenneth's brother, Randy, is 30. He's laying on the kitchen floor mm. dead. Irene uh, is sitting in a chair in the living room having been shot and Clarence uh, his maybe uncle maybe dad is Ooh. discovered in his bed shot they had all been shot twice in the head with a 22 caliber rifle and uh, his mother Helen is fucking nowhere to be found whoa yeah and uh, she's gone where is she and when I get to that part I you know when, when I hadn't known about the story I'm like oh she killed them all like what's gonna happen she didn't but Listen, so uh, <laughs> suspicion initially falls on Kenneth, the son who found them, but police rule him out quickly because he has an insta- like, extremely low IQ and he has trouble answering questions from the detectives and is painfully shy. Okay. I don't know how that would rule you out from murdering someone, but I'm hoping that they they figured it out shyness shyness. Like shyness would just rule you out entirely being really <laughs> stupid and shy You'd be too shy to approach anyone with a gun yeah and i'm too my iq is too low to figure out how to shoot a gun i don't know maybe maybe the cops it's also the thing of like small town police where they're like we know these we know this guy he yes. could never do it because we've we we've, we've known him. him it's fucking kenneth yeah. he works at the cheese place yeah he goes to you know he everyone knows it's not him the community is shocked at the gruesome murders of course and they're like we gotta find helen like maybe she was kidnapped and she's still alive we need to find her they create t-shirts and buttons with where's helen on them that to help find her um and they lead a massive search. The police uh, search the fields, forest, swampland on the 108-acre farm of the Coons family, as well as the property and wetlands surrounding it. So I think it's just all rural shit. And they're just like trying to find this body or this person. Yeah. Especially equipped FBI airplane also scans the area. Wells, abandoned shacks are inspected. A garden is dug up on the farm land. Uh, neighbors are interrogated, but everyone was kind of like, they, they kept to themselves. Nobody knew them. No one was like, pretty much nobody ever went to that house or was allowed in the house. You know, they were like very secretive, uh, and reclusive. So they had no friends at all either to speak of wow. but uh helen's disab- their only friend was porn oh, oh which we know is a fickle fickle friend <laughs> she's a fickle lady that porn that's right uh her disappearance becomes a nationwide search and over the next couple months because like they feel like finding her is going to find out what happened that's like the only way because they can't figure out why anyone would want to kill this reclusive family who had anything against them but and so residents are like speculating that she she did it or that you know she's on the run or she's kidnapped everyone's of course like trying to figure out what happened um and they they do find out too that sh- that the week before the murder she had purchased a 22 she had purchased 22 caliber bullets which are the same type of ammo used for the murders mm-hmm. from the local hardware store and that she had had a conversation with the clerk who was like what are these for which i guess is a question that's okay to ask <laughs> when someone's buying bullets might as well i mean you should probably yeah and she said that they were her for son- for her son randy who was going to kill some blackbirds that were on the po- property hmm. but speculation then comes to a halt cuz 9 months after 
after the night of the murders, Helen's skeletal remains are found mm. near a creek about 19 miles from the home in Medford, Wisconsin. Uh, just as her siblings and son, she had been shot in the head. And it only complicates this baffling case. But the murder investigation uh, then starts to focus on a 22-year-old local car thief and, like, fucking, like, nefarious ne'er-do-well kid mm-hmm. named Chris Jacobs. So he's kind of this troublemaker, you know, so, of course, the cops turn to him and are like, did you know did you do it and they find out that he's one of the few non-family members to ever interact with the Coonses at their home Whoa. so he had been in their home before apparently uh, and it makes him the prime suspect he had was there because he had purchased some old cars from the Coonses in the recent past and when questioned by police he had no alibi for uh, the time what they suspected was the time of the murders which was 1030 but like who knows if that's correct um, he was in his car the night of the murders and then he went home his mother's like yeah, he was totally home with me and I remember that night because he helped his mother um, give birth to a calf the mother didn't give, <laughs> the mother didn't give birth to the calf the, uh, but they like birthed the calf, the calf was together. birthed. Yeah. Thank you. I don't mm-hmm. know how to say that. Uh, and they lived about eight miles from the home. And he's like, it wasn't me. And they were, then they found tire tracks left on the Coons's property that matched one of a tire or a car that he had on his property. But he was like, yeah, I fucking fix old cars up. So there's like a ton, like there's a reason that that. Of course, you're going to find a tire like that. And then it comes out that the tires are pretty common under different names, but they still are like, nope, we think it's you. And they take him, they arrest him and take him to trial for the murders. So the prosecution's argument is that when uh, Chris had gone to buy the car, he had noticed that there was money everywhere, even though the defense was like, well, the money was hidden everywhere, but maybe he knew it was there. And he told a witness that he intended to get his hands on it. Um, but investigators found that like 20 fucking grand in cash after the murders at the crime scene. And uh, the defense said that it was like laying out, but prosecution said it or no way prosecution, you know, that it, maybe it was laying out. Maybe it wasn't. We yeah. don't really know. Um, the defense has a theory that Randy and his family were shot as a result of a drug deal gone bad. So th- it was known around town that Randy, the son who was killed, was dealing drugs in the area. And at the trial, the defense brought a witness who claims that he had purchased cocaine from Randy in the past. And it was also, well, uh, it was the area was in a drug crisis at the time, as fucking every area was in the 80s. A local woman testified that the night of the murder, so she's going through this, uh, she's driving through an intersection about 100 meters, 100 feet, close to the, uh, <laughs> close to the crime scene. And the 100 arms length? Yeah, 100 baby Pink. steps. Yeah, 100 paper clips. 100 away. feelings. Okay. 100 feelings. A <laughs> hundred blinks. Got it. Um, from the crime scene. So the, so she's driving through this intersection. And it's like a rural area. And so she's driving through and she sees that there's a car, just a truck parked by the side of the road facing in the area where Kenny would have had to drive uh, up the area, the direction he would have been coming from if like after cheese factory work, if he were coming home. Okay. Uh, and it looked like they were waiting to like for a car to come home. And so she sees the car going through the intersection she looks to see who's in the car but the the car shines a light in her face so she can't see anything who's in the car or anything like that and she says by itself i know i know 
Like, like if that happened to you where you were like, I wonder what this is over. And blinding. then the person's already. Ugh. Yeah. They're like, we don't want you to know. Mm-mm. And then as she's driving past the Coons farm, the co- the fucking truck turns around and starts to follow her. Oh. And she's like, oh, shit. But as soon as she passes the farm, the car goes back and sits back in the road. It's like clearly they're waiting to see who's coming by. It's not just someone pulled over, like making out or whatever, okay. like taking a nap. Um, and the car doesn't match the description of this, the dude on trial, his car. So the, the defense theory is that Randy had planned to meet his suppliers that night and pay them the money that he owed them for the drugs that he had been selling. And Randy, the, the kid, the, the son who was dead, they, they think that the, Kenny, the brother who was alive, who had the cheese factory job, who wasn't very smart, that he had given uh, Kenny some drugs to sell at the cheese factory. Oh. And so that Kenny had, and then it's also known that Kenny had large amount, amounts of cash on him that night, the night of the 4th of July. And he bought a huge amount of fa- fireworks. And <laughs> I mean, what would you do? Clearly. With a huge amount of cash on 4th of July. Absolutely. Piccolo Pete's for everybody. Right. But he never set the, them off. And then he went to a bar and bought more fireworks and like bought alcohol that night and was like hanging out and drinking so like why does he have this huge amount of money on him maybe he spent the drug money that he was supposed to go give to his brother not knowing that the brother like owed a debt to these drug dealers and the drug dealers like we're gonna fucking wait here till your brother gets home don't lie to us like we're gonna get this cash and meanwhile he's out just just binging fireworks binging fireworks and alcohol and then maybe he was like oh shit if i go home right now my brother's gonna know i spent all this money i'm just gonna sleep it off in the car and so he sleeps in his car that night which is why he doesn't get home till 5 a.m to find his family dead oh no so they think that maybe what happened was the the drug dealers were like this is taking forever like let's go in we know you have money hidden in the house let's go in there they go in there maybe they uh take uh, the, Helen in the car to wait with them, like kind of hostage. Oh, right. And, um, when they didn't show up, maybe they took Randy, uh, and his mother hostage and and then wait at the intersection they don't show up they go in the house there's maybe a fight that breaks out and then the suppliers kill everyone in the house so there's no witnesses they come back to their car where the mother is hanging out doesn't know what's going on they drive away and they kill her and leave in this remote swamp and they kill her and leave her body there so like that's how why, like because why would she not have been in the house is always this weird question you know right like why take the one person somewhere off campus and kill them right but leave all these other bodies just out yeah that's super weird like and so that's a good way to explain why she was found in a different location yeah and the only one who was right yeah so um there's no fingerprints or footprints at the scene which is weird because there was tire prints and chris's car had no blood stain the guy who's on trial has no blood stain or any evidence that helen or randy had ever been in the car and uh, because of all of this, the trial is super brief. And because of the circumstantial case against him, he's acquitted for lack of evidence. Oh, good. Which is like, God. great. Yeah. But hold on. Oh, wait. There's oh. more. Okay. After trial, the case grows cold and the police aren't able to find more promising suspects. They're still, they still think it's this kid, this dude, Chris. But until, that is until uh, 1993, five years after the killing, this dude, uh, Chris Jacobs' ex-girlfriend, Stacy Weiss, comes forward and she's like, oh, I've got to tell you guys this. Uh, my ex-boyfriend, Jacob, uh, Chris Jacobs, admitted to shooting the family. He said he did it. Oh, no. He told me that. She, um, but she had been recently caught in Minnesota as an accessory to robbery. And she had threatened when Chris broke up with her to get back at uh, him. 
So she basically had this bargaining chip. Yeah. Okay. He told me he killed them all. Right. Um, and they're like, well, you're like, well, wait, like that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. And he had already gotten acquitted from this case. So we can't try him again. There's double jeopardy. Well, they arrest him again. Oh. And they're like, well, we're not arresting him and prosecuting him for the murders. It's uh, one day before the statute of limitations runs out on kidnapping that they they arrest him for Kellen's kidnapping and take him to trial for the kidnapping. Oh, shit. One day before the statute of limitations. Uh, and, she, and he's charged with her abduction. And his trial, this time for a different crime, um, he is convicted oh god based primarily on the same tire track evidence but they had they said it had been quote enhanced by the fbi so somehow like looking at the tire threats closer where they were able to match it to the tire this time okay don't worry about it <laughs> um and uh then after he gets uh he gets convicted his ex-girlfriend is never brought to her charges are never brought up on robbery so it's like mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. so the defense said that um that, oh, the defense's only argument in this trial is that it was helen that killed her family and then later dated into a swamp and committed suicide <laughs> so clearly his his uh defense wasn't didn't he didn't, he didn't have the money to get anybody good for that second yeah trial. that second trial he had spent all his money on oh. that first one he had like the <laughs> The lawyer with the flask in his pocket. Yeah, like, I'm gonna think of some good day honor. out. Your honor. Your honor. Can I talk to you privately? Your honor, I have a secret. Just a quick secret, really quick. Sidebar. 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 The drunk lawyer, everybody. The drunk lawyer. Uh, so he's found guilty. He receives a 31 year sentence. Fuck. Yeah, and he is scheduled to be released in February of 2020. So he's just been serving. I uh -huh. mean, like, that's just, like, that's it for... He got served. Fuck. And so he was, like, 27 when that he was happened? Yeah, so he was 21 when the murders took place. Ugh, yeah. Horrifying. Um, And, like, the whole, like, all the rumors, like, the, I, there's all these people who are like, everyone knows it wasn't this, everyone knows it's, like, either the, in town, like, the cops were corrupt, or that everyone knows it was these drug dealers and it was more than one person, Every which sounds like if you're going to kill four people or five people, it, yeah, you're going to fucking... It's got to be more than one person, one would think. Yes, because it'd be people. really hard to just walk through and kill everybody. Also, right. in farms like that, they all have guns. They have shotguns in right. the house. Very common. Yes. It's that's like a it's a, a necessary tool yeah. on a big old ranch. Well, it just makes sense that there's one person who's, you know, uh, keeping everyone where they are with one gun and the other person shooting them. Yeah. I mean, or like two people, whatever. At least, at yeah. least two people. May, may, I mean, that's, that's the theory that I think makes sense, but who knows? Um, okay. So that's what's going on with this guy, Chris Jacobs. And it turns out looking back into the Coons's family, this tragic fucking thing that happened to them. And it's like, no matter how insane and incestuous they were, they didn't deserve to be fucking killed execution style. No. You know, in their own home and not have anyone really ever get brought to justice for it it sucks and it turns out that this isn't the first time that there's a murder tragedy in the fucking coons's family oh. so let's go way back to 1905 when these siblings these five siblings their uh parents uh are living the parents are named ignatz and anna and they live with ignatz's mother mary in her home in manitowic wisconsin okay and that's where the, uh -huh. okay that's uh <laughs> making a murderer that's right so anna the wife comes home one day and finds her mother-in-law her husband's mother fucking dead in her bed she had been bludgeoned to death by her 
by her husband's brother. Whoa. So, uh, that, the son, that son is sent to live, uh, who also lived in the home with the family. That son's lived, sent to a fucking insane asylum where he lives out his days alongside his other, another brother who had already fucking been institutionalized before the murder of his mother occurred. Oh no. So his two brothers are hanging out in this fucking institution. One of the brothers have bludgeoned his mother to death. Whoa. So, uh, Ignatz and Anna are like, shit, man, this sucks. They moved to Marathon County, uh, which is where I think where Athens is. He works for a logging company. They have these children. They're raised in an 18 by 20 crudely built log cabin. They're poor as fuck. They don't go to school. They only have each other to rely on. And they stay that way, living together in a farmhouse until the, uh, until 1987 when they're all killed together. Whoa. And that's the fucking creepy, weird, small town murder story of the Coons family. God. I know. Now let's all go track down the X-Files home. Episode <laughs> and watch it. If someone has it, please send it to us on DVD or some shit. I don't know. I'll tell you that the just the one scene I remember from that. There are things that scuttle yeah. on the ground under from like under a bed to under a dresser. People say it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes. which is another one of those. This like they say it's similar to this story too. It's just like this weird family of people who might be inbred, and it's all creepy. Yeah. They live together, and there's no reason to not have electricity and running water. No. There's no reason, especially you, twenty grand in cash. Yeah, no, it's there's something about that that's very like something's happening. The dynamic yeah. in that family's happening where it's like they refuse. Right. To go to be like, we're too poor for running water. It's like, great. That sucks. We totally get it. But right. like you have fucking cash hidden around hidden your house around. and you don't have a toilet. Do you think they forgot about the money because there was so much porn? They would just get distracted every time they'd be like, we can get a, a Oh, no, look at this. Oh, man. Look at this filthy thing. Yeah. Or like, we don't want the electrician to come out here because he'll see all our porn. <laughs> There's nowhere to put the porn. Yeah. To, we can't move the porn to, to put in pipes. The, the hoarding the hoarding situation alone is like. You can't expect normal shit from people who are hoarders. It's like it sounds like untreated mental illness yeah. was the was the song this family liked to sing from way back in the day. Yes. And so it's it's almost like the stigma of it, where it's like keep it all in, yeah. don't let anybody see, yeah. and that's how terrible, weird, you know, yeah. households full of no lights <laughs> and no running water oh, start happening. That's right. With oh, one, it's so crazy. One big bed in the living room and. That's it. And here's um, here's young Georgia and young Karen driving in a car, and oh, oh we are out of gas. <gasps> oh no! I guess we have to walk over to that farmhouse over there. We were on our way to the parade. Whoops! We ran out of gas. We were going to be in the big show, but now we ran out of gas. That's we'll right. walk over there in the Karen snow. Was going to get crowned fucking the fucking cheese factory princess. cheese factory princess. I was finally going to make it happen. That's right. That was horrifying. Thank you. Good job. Thanks. Um, I mean, that's what we do. That's what we like. That's <laughs> what we've decided to do. It's like, and it's hard to not think of, now I will think of that story every time I drive by any house that's just off the road mm -hmm. that looks like it, the, they might not have lights. Okay. All right. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is my murder as I was finishing it up uh, before I came over here. I started thinking about a time in your old apartment where I was like, has Georgia done this one? Because <laughs> I start, the details started coming together, but I don't think it is. We've just talked about it, maybe. No, I think there's so many stories like this. Yeah. That yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. But you please red flag me the second you think it's the same. I'm not going to because then, and then what? <laughs> when the, <laughs> the episode's over? No. Then we just talk about other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it is though. Okay. It's just another one of these stories. Who, that, who will know if I'll even remember? I, I mean, let's just see. Let's see what truth. happens. This is the murder of Joan Dolly. D-A-W-L-E-Y. Let's start. Okay. It happens in Silmar, California, 1991. I don't think I did this one. Okay, because it's Silmar is in the northern part of the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. So it's near where we are right now. I've never thought about Silmar in my life. So I don't think I've done this murder. Okay, good. I'll just keep on checking in with you okay. the entire time. Okay, great. Um, all right. So it's Easter season, 1991. And 55-year-old wife and mother, Joan Dolly, uh, she's working part-time at the uh, Crown Hallmark store in Silmar, California. Okay. Remember when there were Hallmark stores? <gasps> yeah, I loved in. Hallmarks. Any, whatever the occasion, they'd have a card. Tchotchkes galore. I mean, they had like Hummel-type figures. They had, it was like little gifts. glass, pe- like little glass animals yep. that were mounted on a little card. I loved those. I like calling them gifts for people you don't know that well. <laughs> Or gifts for grandma. Gifts for grandma. Do you think grandma would like this bell made out of china? It's the thing where one time you said you like penguins and now every fucking gift you get from your kids is a penguin. And I'm saying that because my fucking own mother gets yep. a fucking penguin yep. from us. That's for- like my mom who she said she liked chickens. Oh yeah. And that and four years later she opened up like a chicken cookie thing. She was like, if I see one more fucking chicken, I'm gonna kill somebody. Well, it makes it easier. My mom is penguins, my grandma is monkeys, my sister's black cats, I'm Siamese cats. Yep. Well, stop my friend patty riley in high school at at some point in grammar school told somebody she liked frogs mm. it was She's all, the frog all she ever got it makes life easier yeah it really does um me i like money okay <laughs> <clears throat> so I, my favorite animal is a gift card <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I like to pet them and spend them. Love them. Um, okay, so she's working at the Crown Hallmark, dusting those china bells. Get it. Um, Get after it. And she lives uh, in that town with her husband of 32 years, Dennis Dolly. Okay. Dennis... Um, because it's Easter season, Dennis has volunteered to come down to the Hallmark store and dress up as the Easter Bunny so kids can come in and take pictures That's with him. That's so sweet. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, and Joan's co-workers describe Dennis as the kind of guy who'd do anything for a laugh. It seemed like they had the perfect marriage. Uh-oh. Um, and of course, anytime they say that, oh, sorry, this, um, from I got this from a Wikipedia page, but also, of course, the show Deadly Women on the ID channel. Ooh, fun. Um, and I mean, not fun, but but yeah. You know. Also, oh wait, well now I know what's going to happen. <laughs> he didn't kill her. <laughs> well, you'll see. Um, because anytime on a true crime show, if they say they seem like the perfect right. couple, you know, some fucked up shit is about to start sure. happening. Sure, because no thank, one's the perfect couple. Thank God, Vince and I don't seem like the perfect couple. <laughs> but we kind of do, though, don't we? You do. One's tall and one's short, and you really seem to like each other. That's all that it matters. That's how we know fucked up shit is happening. Um, when Stephen and I leave this apartment. That's right. He's putting crackers so high up, you can't get them. I can't reach the chicken and a biscuit. <laughs> Give me that club cracker, you son of a bitch. Okay. So... Um, Dennis has been retired for 15 years and, um, he decides he's going to get a part-time job at the local golf course, um, to supplement his pension because he's good at golf. Although his real passion is fishing. He likes to go on lots of fishing trips. He dreams of owning his own fishing boat. You can't get a job at the fishing course. No, you, you sure can't. <laughs> no one will hire you to fish. Why don't they do that? It, they just don't need it. Okay. It's not. Um, Got it. Fe- it's not financially the point. feasible. It's so, not the point of and fishing. It's not the point of fishing. It's the trips. point of golfing. So he always goes on these fishing trips by himself, which is fine with Joan because she hates the water. And so. Because <laughs> like she hates him and loves when he leaves. She hates his fucking guts. <laughs> the house. Okay. After 32 years of marriage, I'm sure she's like, sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's around this same time, um, 1991, uh, Joan inherits 70 grand from her mother who Damn. dies. 70 grand and a house. Damn. Yes. And Dennis tells Joan, you should put the house in the deed of that house in my name. Um, Why? And let's because he wants to sell it. Okay. He wants to go sell it and then they can take that money and spend it. He wants a fishing boat. He's right. got a bunch of plans. But Joan says no. She keeps telling him she's keeping all that money and that deed to the house as a nest egg, quote unquote, in case something happens. Mm, nothing, nothing worth $70,000 happens. Right. Like something overnight. Yeah. I mean, what is she planning? Well, here's, here's what it is. Okay. Um, she finally confides (gasps) to her friend who also owns the Hallmark store. Okay. Um, she keeps it real tight in that Hallmark store. Is it, is it a franchise? It is that woman's franchise. Oh, good for her. Um, (laughs) she is a small business owner. I'm happy for her. And a good friend to Joan. Yeah. So Joan confides in her and is like, I think, Dennis is having an affair. <gasps> Uh-oh. And so that's why she's like, I'm not giving him any money because oh. he's been spending money like crazy lately. Oh. When he goes on these quote unquote fishing trips. Sure. But she doesn't know on what. Fishing trips trip should be cheap. Everyone knows that. You, what do you need? Worms? Worms? You need you eat food out of a can. Yeah. <laughs> you, got your, you got your hobo <laughs> on your bundle. Boat. I don't know why I'm suddenly he's a hobo. 
<laughs> he's, he, has, he, t- he jumps the train to get to the yeah. pond. He jumps the train to get back. That's There's right. no... You eat the fish. Oh, that's what you eat. Yeah, that's right. You don't need food. You don't need anything in a can. No. Save your 89 cents. <laughs> um, so she is suspicious. Okay. So basically, she's preparing to get a divorce. Oh, shit. And Dennis, when she won't give him any money or let him play or do really do anything, he's starting to suspect mm. that she might want to get a divorce and if that happens she will get half his pension oh shit and that means he will be financially ruined um so don't fuck around then kid right so let's go back to the early years joan and dennis dolly were childhood sweethearts um they got married in 1956 he was in the air force at the time um, he was a missile technician shit you gotta be smart as fuck right? right he knows his shit i mean one would hope you gotta hope i mean if you're tinkering around with people be smart you don't just put any old it's a guy that keeps turning the instructions over and over (laughs) what does this blueprint say um it's just ikea instructions (laughs) with that little dude it's a guy next to a missile oh no scratching his head um they get shipped to london um fun Right. After they get married, Joan loves it. She loves the idea that she gets to be this military wife that travels the world with her missile technician husband. Mm-hmm. Um, while overseas, she gives birth to their first daughter, Debbie. And um, baby five- named Deborah. There we go. Right. Five years later, in 1961, they move back to the U.S. Um, Joan has another baby girl named Lori. Um, they have there. There's lots of family home movies where Dennis is playing the devoted father, dressing as Santa every year at Christmas, and of course as the Easter Bunny every year at Easter. Um, 1968, they the Dollies have transferred once again to the military base in Lompoc, California, um, which is north of here. They're, the girls are 12 and 7, um, and by all appearances, they're the perfect American military family. Uh-uh. Um, it's the height of the Cold War, though, so uh. Dennis keeps having to leave on missions and not explaining where he's going. Uh. Um, and Joan, by this point, is tired of moving all the time. They've moved a ton of times. She hates uprooting the family every time, and as the girls get older, they don't yeah. like it either. Sure. So it's all becoming a little problematic. 1974, the family stationed in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Debbie graduates college. A year later, Dennis retires from the Air Force and the whole family moves back to California and they settle down in Silmar in the northern San Fernando Valley. Is that like super uh, suburby? Cute. You know, it's super suburby. Not that nice. Oh, Um, little bit. A little bit. I mean, like, like I'm farm, sure farm it's town? fine in general, but there's a little crime up there. Okay. It's not, it's, uh, it's not the regular San Fernando Valley yeah. that we know of, like Encino or whatever. It's yeah. a little further to the foothills. Yes. Yeah. Which exactly. got some crime happening. It gets a, it gets a little risky out there. Yeah. Okay. So just a few weeks after Easter on April 17th, 1991, Joan doesn't show up for work at the Hallmark store. Mm. And it's very unlike her. She doesn't call. She just doesn't show. And her good friend and the owner, uh, that woman's name is Marilyn Rush. She knows how weird this is for Joan. So she immediately drives over to Joan's house. Um, She lets herself into the house with the extra key that she knows where it's hidden. And the whole house is in a shambles. Mm. There's been, there's clearly been a robbery. She walks into the master bedroom and she finds Joan bludgeoned to death in her bed. Oh no, I was hoping she'd be a deadly woman. She's not a deadly woman. So she's been murdered. So, uh, she's been severely beaten around the head. She has a broken finger and she has other defensive <gasps> wounds on her arms oh and hands. God. The forensics team, luckily, so it's 1991, 
the forensics team scrapes the um because they see that there's tissue she underneath her fingernails back, yeah yeah she fought so they scrape it and they save it and they know that dna is now a possibility wow. but it's the very early stages yeah um paul holes is just a baby that's pro- little paul holes with the he, this is when he had puffy cheeks he had puffy baby cheeks but he was a he was into forensics he was the yeah right? okay that's how he started so paul holes isn't even part of the story <laughs> anyways he's across the bay uh, yes. north he's north and west yeah so um the police determined that the point of entry was a break-in in the back of the house um so they just put it together it's with all the uh I was going to say ramshackleness with all the rummaging that's mm-hmm. clearly gone on. It's a break in ransacking. A ransacking. Not ramshackled. No. Nope, <laughs> that's not my story. That's from your, I'm borrowing from your story and putting it into my story. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Golden State Killer style. Right. That's right. The bludgeoning. Yeah. And all that. Um, so, uh, when the family finds out Dennis and his daughters are distraught, obviously their total disbelief that they're, um, that Joan is gone mm-hmm. and she, at such a young age, yeah. Dennis can barely function. How old is she? Um, uh, 56, okay. 55 or 56. Ugh, that's awesome. So yeah, re- you know, like living this kind of like retiree yeah, life. Yeah, like finally. Yeah. Trying to put it together. Sure. Dennis can barely function and he tells his daughters he can't stay in the house. Obviously, that's where his wife was murdered. Sure. Um, and that he just needs to go away on a fishing trip. Um, his daughter, Debbie, doesn't think it's a good idea for him to be alone. So she says, if you want to go, I'll go with you. And he says, no, I really need to be by myself. I just, I have to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on his trip. Mm-hmm. We don't trust him now. No. Um, the police don't trust him either. <gasps> when they talk to Dennis, they feel like he's giving no, absolutely no signs that he is even upset that his wife has been bludgeoned to death in what her the bed. Fuck? They're getting real weird vibes. That's a police thing. We know that sometimes people don't act like they're in grief. But you can tell vibes. Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing too, is that like so much police work is like, are you a sensitive investigator that's feeling vibes or are yeah. you a, a police monster right who like you're not crying your brains out yes so exactly. you don't care you so did it. i am now going to find the evidence to put you in jail no matter what it's, i guess it's probably the thing of like we know no one uh reacts the same but you can be like this person is clearly in shock right now not this person isn't crying because they killed someone yes. it's like this person in a week is going to fucking lose their shit or right. like in a month whatever i can tell by the with their pupils that they're in shock or right. whatever it's it's like what all these things are in you know it like it's context yeah, it's yeah. just what yes. is what is the actual situation here sure and they all were like this guy doesn't feel right yeah um and then they find out their hunch is right because it turns out dennis did not go on a fishing mm. trip to grieve the sudden loss loss of his wife of 30 years because he's caught on casino no. surveillance tape in las vegas fishing two days <laughs> He's just in a canoe fishing in the in middle the of the Binion's Casino. We'll pull Ted Binion back in. Uh, Binion's back. Binion's back, baby. He was casinoing instead? He was gambling at a table with an unknown woman, uh-uh. laughing it up and having uh-uh. the time of his life on casino surveillance you footage. stupid idiot. You fucking dipshit. You are, I mean, listen, I hate you. You're a killer. Go to prison forever. But like, why are you so stupid? People are really stupid. They're really stupid. But this guy's especially stupid. Yeah. Because also, there are a lot of places you could go that don't have... 
going to a casino in Las Vegas is like, I want to be on film. It's also like, you got to assume maybe you're being tailed. They don't know what, who the murderer is. Yeah. Like... The first person that cops always right. look at is the husband. There's going to be one, like, rookie who, like, gets sent to follow you that day. Right. You know? Also, this was two days after the funeral that he went to Vegas. Shit. Like, you can't hold for two weeks. Yeah. You can't just let the feelings die down a hint. I'm like, maybe, like, help your daughters grieve their mother's fucking death. Guess not. Monster. So, the woman that he's with gets identified. And her name is Brandita Taliano. That's not a real name. That is Brandita's real name. She is a sex worker from the San Fernando, Val- San Fernando Valley, okay. which the idea of that makes me laugh because to me, the San Fernando Valley is a series of strip malls yeah. and Starbucks. Yeah. So and a courthouse or two. Yeah, exactly. So there's somewhere there's a, there's a there's a strip that some sex workers like to walk. Um, I guess that happens everywhere. Yeah. Um, so Dennis had been spending a lot of time with Brandita. They call her Brandy and lots of money on her. And that's Joan. So he wasn't fucking around. Like he wasn't, didn't meet some chick at the Hallmark on the other side of town. No. And start dating her. No, he, he he started paying for sex with Brandy. Mm -hmm. Um, so when Joan suspected that her husband was having an affair, she was right. But what she didn't know was that he was having an affair with the sex worker that he was sleeping with. And he also began to pay her rent. He mm. bought her a car. <gasps> he basically became her sugar daddy. How did he have all this money? Like, oh, my God. Well, he had his pension. Yeah. And separate. he thought he was going to have money yeah. with Joan's inheritance. Shit. Um, and when Joan was like, you aren't getting any of this yeah. money, he realized that this lifestyle he was kind of secretly living this other life was going to get cut off. And mm-hmm. that if Joan divorced him and he lost all that money, that Brandy would n- never no. see him again. Yeah. Cause that's not how it works. Um, that love would dry up right quick. So uh, in the winter of 1993, Brandy is arrested on a drug charge. And when they search her, they find Joan Dolly's jewelry in the bottom of her purse Uh so this gives um there's a detective that's that was the first on the scene and is um his name is detective tippin Mm-hmm. I want to say Dave Tippin, but that's just me. <laughs> I don't think Dave. it is. Is it Dave Tippin? I bet it's Dave. Hold, please hold. Hold for Dave. Check. Hold for <laughs> Dave. We do. We are thorough now. We don't call people Tippin unless we do a thorough check. That's now. right. Cause because we ain't tipping out. Because that ain't <laughs> we ain't cow. This isn't cow tip. You know. Here's a quick tip: Don't just call people Dave. <laughs> Um, seems like I didn't write anything down about Dave Tippin. Just Hold call on, me Mr. Tippin. God damn it, Tippin. Call me Mr. Tippin. Yeah, that's what he always says. So, oh, Stephen's got it. Stephen's got it. Paul Tippin. Motherfucker. Oh. Um. Okay, Paul Tips. So, <laughs> you get the last name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay. Kay. So, P- Detective Paul Tippin. Mm-hmm realizes when he when this uh, jewelry is matched to uh-huh. Joan Dolly's jewelry he's like here's what we're going to do this is this is going to get me the warrant so uh-huh. that I can take her DNA uh-huh. and test it against the fingernail scrapings <gasps> that I kept from under Joan <gasps> is Dolly's she fingernails the woman? <laughs> oh my god I got it oh i actually did this one did you know <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> he so he sends a uh, 
Brandy's DNA to no. the evidence lab. <gasps> I did not think that twist was coming, even though it's called Deadly Women, the TV show. Right? That you was, thought the one woman was dead. And, and that that's was the, why. That was your only choice. Shit. It's the early 90s. It takes one year no. for the results to come back on this DNA. DNA, get your shit together. Guys, you don't even understand how important you are. But in the meantime, he, uh, Detective Tippin, De- Detective Paul Tippin, starts looking into Brand Italiano's life. So he's not surprised to find, and I'm sure the other policemen that work with him, maybe he didn't do all this work. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. Um, but they find that she's been in and jo- out of jail for the past 10 years for drug charges. She's a heroin addict. So a lot of the stuff she's doing is purely just to get drugs. Mm-hmm. What does surprise them is they find that while she has been in jail, um, in the m- more recently, Dennis Do- Dolly has visited her in jail 14 times. This guy has no chill. He's really not smart when it comes to like basically thinking any of this shit through. He's like, okay, here's, hear me out. If he goes to visit her in jail all the time and just to fucking see her, cause he, he's like in love with her. Yes. Cause like he's not having sex with her in jail no they He's, can't have sex in the, in jail you would be surprised that they are not allowed to have sex in jail so <laughs> he's visiting her because he fucking misses her and is in love with her yes and also second only to a las vegas casino where is the one other place you're going to get recorded yeah. and filmed and taped on security cameras more great in, point. than in fucking jail great point so they're having conversations about things that are being recorded he is apparently smuggling smuggling heroin into her and keeping her commissary oh account God. filled with money so that she's like gets what she needs in jail i gotta He's, get that top ramen he, <laughs> i need that one color of lipstick the only yeah, one that's available right wet and wild i need that it's the 90s so i need my brown lip liner that's i don't right. need lipstick i just need my brown lip liner just brown lip liner and then maybe a light white gloss right um so basically immediately they're like oh holy shit we've got the husband connected here and in one of these conversations he tells brandy that he needs her help he needs her to find him someone that can take care of what he calls a big job and so oh this is before the murder this is before okay so brandy introduces him i bet i know what that big job is yeah i bet it's not fishing it's not fishing or a uh, where did, what was his job? Explosives. I don't remember what he did. The missile. He was a yes. missile technician. Right. So Brandy introduces him to a career criminal named Gary Ware and Gary's felon associate who it will not be named uh, for okay. privacy reasons. Okay. I don't have it. Sure. They, no. <laughs> I thought he was serious. No. I don't Just don't have it. Um, I thought felon associate would be a good stand-in. Great. So... I guess Dennis brings him back to their ha- his house when uh, Joan's at work. This guy sucks so bad. He really sucks shit. And he tells these two fucking felons that he wants them to kill his wife. And he <gasps> says he doesn't care what they do to him, do to her. In the while they do that, he says you can rape her if you <gasps> want to, as long as she ends up dead. Yeah. Oh, his childhood sweetheart, the mother of his two daughters yep. his fucking lifelong wife not yes. lifelong you know up until this long what a monster monster in fact one of his nicknames later on is american monster oh my um, god so they make this plan that these two guys uh 
uh, Gary Ware and the associate mm-hmm. um, and associate are going and associate are going to kill Joan. But soon oh. after, Ware is arrested on, on an unrelated charge. So the plan falls apart. Yeah. And that's the problem with career criminals is you just can't rely on you them. You can't. Because they're so ambitious in their yeah. career of criminality. Yep. Um, so Dennis knows that Joan, at this point, he's like, she's going to divorce me. And if the divorce happens, right. I will lose half of, I will lose She needs to die everything. before she files for divorce. Exactly right. So he's in a big rush. Luckily for him, that's right when Brandy <sighs> finally gets out of jail. And he says to Brandy, you have to help me kill her. So... On the night of April 16th, 1991, while Joan Dolly is asleep in the master bedroom, Dennis Dolly lets Brandy Taliano in the back door of the house where they, where the cops thought it was a break-in. They sneak into the master bedroom together. Dennis is carrying a golf club (gasps) and he begins beating Joan with it. Joan wakes up, tries to fight him off. And that's when Brandy starts to hold her down so that Dennis can beat her to death with his golf club. And when she struggles, that's when she gets gets brandy's skin underneath her fingernails oh my god and then they go once she's once joan is dead in bed they go around the house and try to make it look like a robbery gone wrong yeah um but as we know uh then that's around the time that the cops find the las vegas footage of him two days after his wife's funeral in las vegas with brandy at the fucking craps table living his best life um they had actually taken Joan's money, gone to Las Vegas. They had shopped. They had gambled. Um, it's all on security cameras. <sighs> they they took home movie footage of like they went on all these trips together. Oh Dennis Dolly was so stupid. He claimed Brandy as a dependent on his taxes. What he put he bought new cars and put the titles in her name, and his, her name was also on the deed when he bought a vacation home in Big Bear. What the fucking fuck? So he basically went out of his way to tie her yeah, yeah, to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I so- mean, oh God, as awful as this sounds, it's like, I'm glad that, that it wasn't... Uh, like, the rape part to me is so horrific. It's, and, uh, the whole thing is awful, but like, you know, thank God that one guy went to fucking prison. It's The whole thing sucks, but like, wow. Yes. And, and like... The coldness. No of thought of like... The, the girls are going to find out how their mother died and what happened to them. Yes. And he's like, I don't care what you do. Because, well, that's what narcissism is. And yeah. that's like this kind of extreme, you know, whatever he was is an extreme narcissist or a psychopath. Yeah. Where they don't think about, they don't care about other people. I mean, feelings, I get him not think caring about, it's like about his wife, but like, I don't get it. But like his daughters, he must have loved them and not wanted them to... Maybe, Maybe yeah. but clearly he was, he may have been on drugs too, but he was obsessed with Brandy yeah. and he was like interested in keeping her around yeah. more than anything or just he, what he was interested in really, I think was, ultimately was just getting what, what he, he wanted, wanted. all yeah. the time. Ugh. So he kill he, he bludgeons his wife to death so he can buy himself a boat, a jacuzzi, a waterbed and a gazebo at the oh, end of the day. It's like, if I can more than a trifecta of tacky ass shit yeah it's tacky as hell um i I mean that gazebo so so a year later the dna test comes back the the evidence under joan's fingers mail fingernails is a match to brandy italiano's dna um when detective tippin puts all of this evidence together he basically has an open and shut case yeah um and then at the trial it's a three month trial in 1997 and they bring, um, uh, uh, 
Gary Ware, the the guy who Dennis the Dolly tried to make a deal with, who had an associate, he with the mysterious associate. Gary Ware <gasps> has testimony where he tells them that that Dennis Dolly said, "You can rape her if you want to," and they, that's like that's when it was like Great. over and done. Career with. criminal makes good. Yeah, and also the daughters testified against him too. Oh, so Jesus, both Dennis Dolly and um, Brandy Taliano were found guilty of first degree murder um and sentenced to life in prison uh dennis Solly got life in prison without the possibility of parole and he died in prison in 2003 and brandy taliano also sentenced to life in prison um is still in prison today although there's a rumor that she mm. is being considered for parole no and that's the murder of joan dolly holy shit man yeah 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 yeah, yeah. a twisty turny Mindfuck. It's also just another one of these bummer. These ones come up a lot. And, you know, people recommend murders to us a lot. I get so bummed out because there's just so many of yeah. these fucking husbands that just kill their wives for money. It, we, we don't do a lot of them because it seems like it's so simple. And like this one clearly is not, which makes it fucking fascinating. But yeah, right. it's just like there are so many and it, it's just sad and, and shitty and awful. And, and like you're saying, it's baffling that they don't think past yeah. what they're doing to go, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Modern technology is going to get you caught. Yeah. How, also, you're you a think, monster. Just like break up. Like you're a monster. You're a monster. And if you, I feel like it's that thing of if you're starting to have an affair that you're then obsessed with this person, like, yes, the divorce is like, I mean, he's, his mentality is like, fuck her because she's going to ruin me because I'm going to lose yeah. half my pension in the divorce. It's like, yes, but this is the woman yeah. who raised your children, who moved to every single city right. that you had to move to. You don't deserve the money. Career. And she doesn't. It's like, right. Ugh. It's this, it's the in, intense narcissism and selfishness. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Well, and shit. also they were in their 50s it's not like yeah. he couldn't have gotten another job or right. like made some kind of adjustment it was just like i gotta keep my money i gotta keep my girlfriend totally psycho so psycho shit that was a good one such a bummer yeah such oh i'm bummer. glad i'm glad it wasn't the one you did because i remember you doing one and it was something but i think yours was about a lawyer who killed his wife do you remember that one? Vaguely, tell me more. But it was like, I I honestly think it was like within the first three to six months of wow. us doing this show. God. It was really early. I just remember being in your old apartment yeah. and listening to you tell me about it. And okay. that's, I started getting these pictures at the end of like finishing the story up and I was starting getting these pictures where I was like, God damn it, I if not. I did that. Oh, but no, you're good. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't okay. seem like it. I, I guarantee you I didn't do that one. Okay. Um, shit, great job. Thank you. You too. Um, fucking hooray oh how how was your yoga challenge oh i failed my yoga challenge this week um i although i will say i did a lot of meditation oh good for you yeah because i feel like we're there's some stressful things going on right now we're about to start our fall tour <laughs> you started in the right before we started our fall tour you're you started a new writing job at basket or went back to baskets yes so you're just like you know what i want to do double down double uh, double triple. triple down as well as um and we're simultaneously working on our network and so our podcast network i wake up at 5 30 in the morning and then answer emails 
drink coffee and answer emails like a lunatic and then i'm like uh, worked up alone in my house and then i'm like okay it's go to work <laughs> yeah exactly so i've been doing really nice it's just 10 minutes but it's just that thing of like i get upset because i think all these things are happening at once mm-hmm, and they're not mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i have these reactions where it's just like i just need to come back to reality and to real life and just be like we're in the present everything's fine it, everything feels like a cacophony and then you need to realize that they're not there. yes and that we're like the luckiest people in the world oh having God. the best time and we're and doing like, pretty fucking good we're doing good at all, at all of it it's difficult to keep that in mind yeah. now it's just like whatever so so with that i would say my fucking hurry for this week also in the room my friend Teresa, who works at, at baskets with me mm-hmm. also has plantar fasciitis oh. so we get up three times a day oh. and just start stretching what a great thing to have a buddy yes work with yes who gets it and yeah. she's like done all the research so we do lots of stretching during the day that's like cute. fucking weirdos that's yoga i mean it doesn't count as a full class but i feel like my two-part thing of trying to like it's just that thing of when i'm by myself my mind goes fucking oh, fuck crazy yeah of course especially when you pour coffee all over it yeah which i understand yeah me too yeah um i didn't I have a caveat yoga. I didn't go to a yoga class. However, <laughs> I started working with this girl named woman named Sarah Olive. Uh, she's a personal trainer a while back after a friend recommended her because I just can't work out on my own. She is the most lovely person ever. And rec- and I stopped. I did the thing where I just stopped doing it and yeah. never emailed her again. Sure. Yeah. And she'd be like, hey, checking in. Hey, checking in. Even though like she wasn't trying to get money. Like I had classes that I had already paid her for. And she was like, we should do this. And then I posted some like obviously depressing thing on Instagram a couple like months back. And she was like, I'm coming over and we're going to go for a walk today. Like straight up, like didn't need to be there and was there. And so since then, every week we've been hanging out and like hiking and shit together. And so, and she didn't listen to the podcast before when I was working out with her, but she does now. And so every time we go to hike or do something, she's like, I asks me questions from the episode (laughs) (laughs) and she's really fucking sweet and lovely. And so this time around she was, we went for a hike and then she was like, okay, we're going to do five minutes of yoga. So you can say that you did yoga. (laughs) Nice. Because I know you didn't go to yoga. <laughs> She's a mastermind. She's great. Her uh, <laughs> her Instagram is this underscore fit underscore mom. This fit mom. She's got like two adorable kids. So she did that for me. And it was really like, she's just, I'm going to cry talking about her. So it's, she's lovely. So that's like, that's my yoga and my fucking hooray. That's great. Is that like, she's really gotten me. And it's true. Like depression is so much better when I'm like, working out and doing things and i'm sore and i'm happy and yes it's much better yeah we can we can generate our own dopamine if we actually just do it mm-hmm. uh and fight fight those bad feelings i say as i've the stretching i described is the only movement i've done <laughs> but but i like here's the thing i'm not giving up on this yoga challenge because i like that something's hanging over my head mm-hmm. and it makes me think about it every week and it makes me um, go, okay, if you're not going to do it, what are you going to do mm-hmm. or do something? Well, yeah, we'll keep it, we'll keep it going. And I think since we're about to leave for the, the fall tour, which is this really stressful thing of it's weekends, but it's like we have to be in a different city every day and we have to leave the day early, come back a day. But you know, it's a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of eating like shit. And so it's a, a good thing to have in our head as we start this process. I think of like, just do something. I mean, you can. I don't know. <laughs> 
you better not say anything to me about it. Oh, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to call your hotel room. Let's do yoga. Oh my God. Did you order broccoli? Lobby yoga. (laughs) No, but you know, what's really funny is the, uh, we've tried to be good on the road. It's not impossible, but it's just that thing of when you come back, like to your hotel room at night, you're just like, well, the late night menu. You're yeah. like, I'm not going to eat a salad at 11 o'clock no. at night. And I also want to know, like, what is the f- this? I love regional food so fucking much that it makes me crazy. Like, that is my all time favorite thing. So I want to know what your fucking weird thing is. And I guarantee you it's not a fucking steamed broccoli. It's not right. your regional fucking food. It's not fun. Like, yeah, the best times we have is like when we go to a place and then it's like oh my god look at this place around the corner yeah, or Georgia always the- like looks up a, a restaurant right. that's like we have to try this thing there it's a good thing there we're starting in the Carolinas you know how much I love barbecue it's <laughs> one of my favorite things in the fucking world yeah so it's, it's gonna get ugly this weekend it's gonna you know we're just gonna stay what we're gonna do is stay in the moment uh-huh. we're gonna be stay conscious yeah and then if macaroni uh, and cheese happens, it happens. Yeah, and it's going to happen. And it's going to happen. That's right. Uh, so we'll see you guys this weekend who's coming out. And um, thank you guys for listening. And, you know, they, you guys are the best. Uh, stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Want a cookie? Ah.